you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Erin Addison's Wednesdays with Will. I'm so glad to be here uh, this afternoon. It's going to be a good good program. I have something I would like to share. looking at the life of Moses. But before that, I want to let you know that if you want to contact us, you can go to addisons at afr.net, addisons at afr.net to uh, email us. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Just search Erin Addisons. Uh, and also, it's just a- an exciting time because we have our Marriage Family Life Conference 2021 happening next week. And it's been a lot of work, a lot of prayer, a lot of uh, thinking through things and adjustments and all kind of things going on. And so I'm just looking for God to really meet us uh, there. Uh, we have some great speakers who are going to be speaking, great times of uh, worship and also uh, uh, networking and connection time. So I think it's going to be just a, a great, great conference. I'm looking forward to it uh, for you guys who are coming. Uh, you know, keep it in prayer. We've been praying for you. We've been praying that. Uh, God would get everyone here safely and that uh, it would just be an impactful time uh, for all families who are involved, that the children would be ministered to, that God would just have his way. So that's kind of behind the scenes, some of the prayers that we've been praying and and we're we're expecting God to to meet us there. Uh, So today I want to talk a little bit about Moses and we're going to look at lessons in meekness. Through Moses. Lessons in meekness through Moses. You know, meekness is one of those words I, I feel like is very misunderstood. Sometimes meekness is uh, compared to someone being weak or being fragile. And that's not the case. Because meekness is strength under control. Or strength uh, under submission. It takes uh, a very strong person with very strong character to be meek. See, meekness is not weakness at all. To the contrary, it's uh, the power to be humble, the power to, like, when you want to go off, when you want to say something, when you want to do something, to be self-controlled. So we're going to look at Moses and some lessons from his, his life and, and uh, pertaining to meekness in particular. You see, Moses didn't start off meek. He didn't start off meek. If we look at the the scriptures, if you remember the scriptures in Exodus, uh, you'll see that he started off, you know, quite different, quite different. So there's a there's a we can look at a parallel of, of two men, Moses before he encounters the Most High, and then Moses after he encounters the Most High God. It's two different things that happen, two different men. And we often see in, uh, 
in Scripture. A genuine encounter with God changes men. For someone to have, and you know this, if you're listening to me right now, you're born again, you had a genuine uh, encounter with God, it changed you. You're not the same. You're not the same. Jacob, before wrestling with God, then you had Israel. His name was changed after he wrestled with God. He was a different person. An encounter with God changes you. Saul, on his way to the Damascus, was one way. And then Saul or Paul, after Damascus, he was a totally different person. Peter, before Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit, uh, before the Holy Spirit fell upon the church, but Peter, after Pentecost, was a whole different animal. <laughs> Boldness. Preached and thousands were, were saved. You see, the scripture says in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away, and behold, new things have come. When you have a, a genuine encounter with God, you will change. You won't be the same. Think about yourself before salvation, the things that you used to do, the people that you used to hang out with, the words that you used to speak. But then you had a genuine encounter with God and your life changed. Glory to God. So I'm going to, I want to look at, we're going to look at, we're going to read quite a few scriptures. Um, but it's the word of God, it's a straight edge of scripture, and it's going to guide us, guide our discussion today. In Exodus chapter 2, verse 11 through 14, it kind of highlights Moses before uh his encounter. And it says, Now it came about in those days when Moses had grown up that he went out to his fellow Hebrews and looked at their hard labors. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his fellow Hebrews. So he looked this way and that. And when he saw that there was no one around, he struck and killed the Egyptian and hid his body in the sand. Now he went out the next day and behold, Two Hebrews were fighting and each uh, fighting each other. And he said to the, the offender, why are you striking your companion? But he said, who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and said, surely the matter has become known. God has certainly called for, for God has certainly called for Moses to deliver the Hebrews. We can see this clearly from these verses that yeah, he had a call in his life, but he hadn't had that encounter with the Most High where God could use him. God was not going to use him in that state that he was in before the encounter. He, he was not self-controlled. You can see he had a temper. He acted out in his emotions. You know, he might have had some rage issues. He killed a man. Was that how God was going to deliver the people? See, you can be called. And you could have different things going for you, but man, until you have a genuine encounter with God, man, you can't be used properly. So let's look, look at Moses after his encounter with God. The first time he went out in his own strength, no self-control, no meekness, no dependence on God for help. But when he had that encounter with God, that burning bush, after he had to flee, go away, you know, because he had murdered someone and people were looking for him. 
humility and meekness was born in Moses. So he's no longer that confident, uh, self-confident man. In Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, it said, Then Moses said, What if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, The Lord has not appeared to you. So he had the, the, the command from God now to go and to um, go to his people that they would be free. But now he's afraid. Now he's like, man, I can't, I can't even talk. I can't even speak. Or what if they don't believe me? That's a, that's a clear uh, change from the, the Moses before who in his own strength and his own power was going to, going to deliver one of his brothers and then ended up killing a man and had to flee in his own strength. But now he's encountered the most high and, he had, and, he's, and he's becoming a meek and humble man. Exodus chapter 4 verse 10. It says, then Moses said to the Lord, please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past, nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. But the Lord said to him, who has made the human mouth or who makes anyone unable to speak or deaf or able to see or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go and I myself will be your mouth and instruct you. In what you are to say. But he said, please, Lord, now send the message by whomever you will. So Moses, when he went out in his own strength and his own power, he didn't have this conversation going on. Well, you know, I might not be able to do this. I might not be able to do that. No, he went out and he executed his passions. You know, he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew and he just went to try to help and deliver. There was no discussion about, oh, you know, I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm not strong enough. I can't speak well. But now he's at a position where he has encountered the most high God. And now he understands, man, I'm nothing. <laughs> and you see that even as in, in this exchange, man, there's a, there's a more humble, more meek uh, approach that Moses has. Now, he should have, as we look at it, God is saying, you know, you will do this. So, you know, we look at it and read it now and say, man, Moses, just obey God. Just go. God is telling you <laughs> to go and to do this. Forget, and, and God is saying specifically, don't worry about your tongue and how you're going to speak. Didn't I make that? I can make you talk. That's not a big deal. But he's still in his own strength. He, he wouldn't go. He didn't want to go. And as we know, God provided his brother Aaron to be a mouthpiece for him. So Aaron was to be the mouthpiece. And the, the anger of the Lord burned against Moses, and he said, Is there not your brother Aaron the Levite? I know that he speaks fluently. And moreover, behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be overjoyed. So God, you know, provided because Moses, and he felt like he couldn't do it. There's a marked difference, an encounter with God changes men. An encounter with God will change you. So Moses didn't begin that way. He didn't begin in the beginning as, as we looked at it. Now he was hot-headed. But the Lord formed Moses into a man of meekness. Now, there are three things being meek will do. Number one, being meek 
will draw you into the intimate presence of God. It will draw you into the intimate presence of God. Numbers chapter 12, verse 8 says, uh, With him I speak mouth to mouth. This is God speaking. That is openly and not using mysterious language. And he beholds the form of the Lord. So why were you not afraid to speak against my servant, against Moses? We're going to come back to that chapter. But this, this, this right here, it shows you the intimacy that Moses had with the Lord. And it was driven by him being a meek and humble man. Remember the definition, meekness is not weakness. It's not weakness. And meekness is strength under control. Strength under control. And it's, and it's funny, and I'm, I'm going to pause here because in the society we live in right now, in America, meekness is not valued a lot. It's the alpha. You got to be the one that is the, the, you know, have your chest out. You have to be the one, you know, that has all the, the words and all the ideas. That's what's celebrated a lot of times in our, in our culture here. But man, it's something to be said about someone who is strong, who understands who they are, who understands who they are in, in God, is able to re, uh, restrain his tongue, is able to uh, uh, push down his desires and passions, is able to be self-controlled, is able to be meek. That's a strength that we need more and more and more in the body of Christ. We need that. We need that. We don't have to uh, uh, prove ourselves by being the loudest, by being the, the, the most boisterous, by being the one that always has this answer, have something to say. Man, God loves those who are meek and who are humble. He opposes the proud. He fights against the proud, but gives great grace to the humble, to the meek. We're looking at lessons in meekness. We're looking at the life of Moses. And we just begun. The first thing again, there are three things being meek will do. The first is draw you into intimate, the intimate presence of God. This is Aaron Addison's here, American Family Radio. Wednesdays with Will. And when we get back, we're going to get right back into it. Addison's here, American Family Radio Wednesdays with Will. I'm talking about real power, power and meekness. <laughs> that's real strength. That's strength that's in, in control. And so we're looking at the, uh, some lessons in uh, meekness through looking at the life of Moses. And before the break, I was talking about 
The three things that uh, being meek will do. Number one was draw you into intimate, the intimate presence of God. And I highlighted Numbers chapter 12, verse 8, where it talked about how God uh, spoke to Moses openly, not using mysterious language. He said, I speak with him mouth to mouth. Um, and so that was an intimate relationship that no, none of the others had. Uh, God describes Moses in Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all people who were on the face of the earth. It's so funny that the Bible points this out. This was something that we needed to know, that Moses was very meek, more than all people who were on the face of the earth. This is, this is what the Lord is saying about Moses. God spoke to Moses on the regular, face to face, in what we call theophanies, uh, where he spoke uh, to other prophets and holy men through dreams and visions. He spoke to Moses in a, in a different way. So what is a theophany? What is a theophany? Well, a theophany is a manifestation of God in the Bible that is, a tan that is tangible uh, to the human senses. Uh, it is most restrictive since it is a visible appearance of God in the Old Testament period, often but not always in human form. And some of the theophanies are found uh, in, in different passages uh, in the Bible. Like one is Genesis chapter 12, verse 7 through 9. The Lord appeared to Abraham on his arrival in the land God had promised uh, to him and his descendants. Uh, Genesis chapter 18, verse 1, uh, verse 1 through 33, but this particular verse, one day Abraham had some visitors, two angels, uh, and, and God himself. He invited them to come to his home, and he and Sarah entertained them. Many commentators believe that this could also be a Christophany, a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. So this was happening, you know, where God would was, was show himself. Um, frequently, the term the glory of the Lord reflects a theophany. As in, in Exodus chapter 24, it says the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai and the, and, and, and the, uh, co the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses from the midst of the cloud and to the eyes of the sons of Israel. The appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the mountaintop. Then Moses entered the midst of the cloud as he went up to the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. It's some powerful stuff. Uh, it, he's also referred to it as in the pillar of cloud. Um, whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. So God was manifesting himself in different ways, in different theophanies. Um, there's many, many, many more, but we're going to go past that just for time's sake. But there, there are many more. Now, Exodus chapter 33 is an example of how intimate Moses' relationship was with God. He had a relationship with God that was like no other. And the, the driving force, as we saw in Numbers chapter 12, was that he was meek. He was meek. But in Exodus chapter 33, I'm going to read a portion of this. It says, uh, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Depart. Go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought up from the land of Egypt to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying to your descendants, I will give it. And I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, 
the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up uh, in, in your midst because you are an obstinate people. Now, they're being corrected because of their disobedience to God, their loving of idols, and, and you know, uh, you know they erected the, the, the golden calf and all this stuff. He said, I might, I might destroy you on the way. If I come into your presence, he's telling Moses about the people, I might destroy you. I might destroy you on the way. So when the people heard this, this sad word, they went into mourning. Not mourning time, but mourning, like crying, sad. And none of them put on it on his jewelry for the Lord had said to Moses, say to the sons of Israel, you are an obstinate people. If I were to go up in your midst for just one moment, I would destroy you. So now take off your jewelry that I may know what I shall do to you. So the sons of Israel stripped themselves of their jewelry from Mount Horeb onward. Verse seven, it says, now Moses used to take. Now look at this intimacy. Look at. Look at how Moses would uh, uh, prepare his heart to be with the Lord. Now, Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, a good distance from the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. And it came about whenever Moses went out to the tent and get a picture of this, that all the people would arise and stand. So Moses is going out to this tent where he's meeting with God and the people will rise and stand. They were in awe of his relationship with God. Uh, so they will rise and stand and each at the entrance of his tent and gaze after Moses until he entered the tent. So they're just watching it. They're like, man. And God wanted this for the sons of Israel, for Israel. But man, there was there was a time when God was like, I want you to come near. But they did the people didn't want to come near. Moses came near. That's why the scripture said in, in the book of Psalms to talk about how the people, Israel knew uh, uh the acts of God, but Moses knew God's ways. That's a difference. To know someone's acts and what you know, but to know their ways is a whole different ball game. Moses knew God's ways. So whenever Moses entered the tent, Whenever he would enter the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak with Moses, talking about intimacy, fueled by meekness, fueled by obedience. When all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing uh, at the entrance of the tent, all the people would stand and worship, each at the entrance of his tent. So the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. Oh, man. Whenever I read these verses, I'm like, Lord, Lord, bring me near to you. God, help me not to have any obstructions in my life that will cause our fellowship to be broken. Moses was a man just like us. He wasn't, you know, he made mistakes. He got upset. He had some things he did, and I'll talk about that towards the end. But, man, this relationship, God has that available for us right now. And when Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. That's another telling thing. Joshua wouldn't depart from the tent. That presence, if you've been in the presence of God and you know what it is, you're not trying to leave. <laughs> then Moses said to the Lord, see, 
you say to me, now, now, now check this out how Moses is talking to God. Man, then Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you yourself have not let me know whom you will send with me. Moreover, you have said, I have known you by name and you have also found favor in my sight. Now then, if I have found favor in your sight in any way, please let me know your ways so that I may know you in order that I may find favor in your sight. So when it talks about the sons of Israel knowing God's act, but Moses knowing God's ways, Moses cried out for that. He wanted that. Do you want to know God's ways in your life? Do you want to know what he, you know, desires for you to do? His thoughts, his intent towards you. We can know it. And so Moses is asking right here that he would know God's way, that he would know God's way. He says, now then I have, if I found favor into your, in your sight in any way, please let me know your ways so that I may know you in order that I may find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And see, God was upset with the, the children of Israel, and, he, and God was saying, your people, Moses, that you brought up. But Moses is turning that thing back to God. This is a relationship. This is intimacy. He says now, and now Moses is saying, these are your people, God. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And, and he said, my, and he said, God said, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence goes, if your presence does not go with us, man, are we willing to say this in our lives today? I'm not going to have time to finish all this. I can feel it right now because I'm interjecting a lot of stuff into what I want to say. But if he says, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. Man, Moses is saying the intimacy that I have with you, that we have as a people with you, that I have with you. If you don't go with us, if your presence is not leading this thing, I don't want to go. Are we there in our lives today? Is that a prayer that you can pray? God, if your presence is not with me, I don't want to go. I don't want to move. I don't want to, you know, advance. I want to stay where your presence is. That's what Moses said. If your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight? I and your people. Is it not by your going with us? That's how, that's the favor that you are with us. So that we, I and your people may be distinguished from all the other people who are on the face of the earth. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing of which you have spoken. For you have found favor in my sight, and I have known you by name. Then Moses said, please show me your glory. <laughs> and he said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show compassion to whom I will show compassion. He further said, you cannot see my face for mankind shall not see me and live. So this shows us that this was a theophany when, it, when the Bible says that he talked to Moses face to face. It would be contradictory for God to say, no man can see me. And that's why I, I brought up about the theophanies, that God had manifested himself throughout time in different ways. And this was one of those ways. 
So he said, uh, then the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me and you shall stand there on the rock and it will come about while my glory is passing by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take my hand away and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Mm. Exodus chapter uh, 24 verse 9 lays out another theophanies. It says, Then Moses went up with Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. And this is also showing the, the intimacy that God had with Moses. This is brought about through meekness. And they saw God, the God of Israel, and under his feet there appeared to be a pavement, a sapphire, as clear as the sky itself. Yet he did not reach out uh, with his hand against the nobles of the sons of Israel, and they saw God, and they ate and drank. And they ate and drank. I'm going to push on because I have some more um, examples of the intimacy that Moses had with God that was brought about because of meekness. Because Moses had to be a man of meekness to carry these encounters. Imagine carrying these encounters, talking with God. I mean, talking with God like he's talking to just a friend. That close relationship. So Moses had to have, had to have been a, a man of meekness to carry these encounters and have this ongoing you know, uh, encounter with God. That's, that's going to make you even more, even more useful and more meek. Number two, number two, what meekness does, it gives reason for the Lord to defend you. Oh, man, I love this one. It gives a reason for the Lord to defend you. Numbers chapter 12. And I, I told you we're going to be looking at some scripture. So uh, this is straight out of, out of the word of God. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married. For he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, Aaron and uh, Miriam, they said, now listen to this. Is it a fact that the Lord has spoken only through Moses? <laughs> has he not spoken through us as well? And the Lord heard this and the Lord heard this. Now, the man, Moses, was very humble, more than any person, or he was meek, more than any person who was on the face of the earth. And the Lord suddenly said to Moses and to Aaron and to Miriam, the Lord is speaking now. He said, you three, go out to the tent of meeting. Oh, man, it's about to go down. If God saying, you three, go to the tent of meeting because I'm hearing this discussion and what's going on. You know something heavy is about to happen. So the three of them went. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent. And he called Aaron and Miriam. And when they had both come forward, he said, I'm going to stop there. Cliffhanger. <laughs> this is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. We're looking at lessons in meekness uh, through Moses. Powerful stuff. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is strength. That's under control. Strength under control. We'll be back right up to this.
Addison's Wednesdays with Will. Today we're talking about lessons and meekness uh, through the life of Moses. And I was uh, giving some points, uh, three things uh, being meek will do. And number one was draw you into intimate, into the intimate presence of God. And I quote the scripture that God opposed the proud. He opposed the proud, but gives great grace to the, the humble. Uh, point two was to give reason for the Lord to defend you. And look, when the Lord defends you, you're defended. <laughs> and I was reading from Numbers chapter 12, where Miriam and Aaron begin to speak against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he, I had married. And um, they even went to talking about how, man, God speak through us as well. Now, we know from earlier chapters that God gave the, the words to Moses, and Aaron was a mouthpiece. <laughs> so God was speaking to Moses, and Aaron was uh, basically one that was relaying the message to the people. But here we have them, you know, saying, is, uh, has only God spoken through him? Has he not spoken through us as well? And you can see their hearts. And so the Lord heard this, and he said, you three, y'all come to the tent of meeting. That's like daddy saying, oh, go to your room. I'll be there in a, in a minute. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's time. And so I'm going to pick back up uh, reading the scripture and where we left off. Then the Lord came down the pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent. And he called Aaron and Miriam. And when they both had come forward, he said, now listen to this. He said, now hear my words. If there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision. I will speak with him in a dream. It is not this way for my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my household. God is defending him. With him, I speak mouth to mouth. That is openly and not using mysterious language. And he beholds the form of the Lord. So why were you not afraid? to speak against my servant, against Moses. And the anger of the Lord burned against them, and he departed. God himself defends Moses. God speaks and acts himself on the behalf of Moses. They were speaking against Moses, but God defended him. And he made, he made sure we knew in the word, that Moses was very meek, very humble, more than any person who was on the face of the earth. That says something. God defended Moses. If you notice, Moses does not say a word in defense of himself. You know, imagine you in that situation and your brother and your sister hating on someone, that, that, hating on the person that you married because of whatever reason. Nine times out of ten, we're going to speak up. We're going to say something. <laughs> you know, we're going to be like, man, look, who do you think you are? Like, if you don't like it, like, we're going to say something. Meekness is having strength. Strength that's under control. 
So notice that Moses does not say a word in defense of himself. Moses does not point out that he's the man with the staff that parted the waters. He don't say, I mean, y'all remember that Red Sea? <laughs> y'all talking about me? Y'all don't remember that Red Sea back there? Moses, he don't say that. Moses does not point out the many times he talked face to face with God when all the other Hebrews were afraid to meet with God. He don't say, man, y'all jokers, man, y'all talking about me. But I talk to God as, as, as with a friend. Moses does not point out how at his request, God rains down manna from heaven and brings water from a rock for all the people. No, nah, Moses is not like, y'all remember that rock? Y'all remember that, that, that food from heaven that I asked God for because y'all was complaining? Moses don't say any of that. Moses does not bring out how he, he's interceded that God would not destroy the people and how God relented or changed his mind after Moses had prayed. Moses does not bring up, remember that calf? Man, y'all were supposed to be gone. God was going to start all over with me. <laughs> and y'all going to speak against He didn't say any of that. He didn't say any of that. If it were you being questioned, if it, were, if it, if it, if it was me, like being questioned, how would we respond? Moses said nothing. God did all the talking. <laughs> God did all the talking. So just a little side note, you know, uh, Aaron and Miriam did not complain against Moses because of the color of his wife, you know, uh, but because of the ethnicity. You know, I, I believe all of them were brown. And so I don't think that was the factor, but it was somebody that was outside of the Hebrew um, culture. So let's continue to read Numbers chapter 12, and I'm going to pick up at verse 10. Remember that this is God who is um, defending Moses. Verse 10, but when the cloud had withdrawn from above the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous, as white as snow. As Aaron turned toward Miriam, behold, she was leprous. Then Aaron said to Moses, oh, my Lord, this is Aaron Oh, my Lord, I beg you, do not hold us responsible for this sin by which we have turned out to be foolish and by which we have sinned. Oh, do not let her be like a dead person whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes out of his mother's womb. And here's Moses. This is the first time Moses says anything. But the Lord said to, but um, so Moses cried out. Sorry. So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, God, heal her, please. But the Lord said to Moses, if her father had only spit in her face, would she not be put to shame for seven days? Have her shut outside of the camp for seven days, and afterwards she may be received again. So Miriam was shut outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not move on until Miriam was received again. Afterward, however, the people moved on from Hazareth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. Now notice, Moses did not speak. He did not speak one time in defense of himself. The only time he spoke was to pray for his sister. <laughs> when Aaron cried out, it was like, oh, please don't let this happen to her. The only time Moses said anything as recorded in scripture was to pray that she would be healed. What meekness. 
What meekness. When people talk about you, lie on you, slander your name, hate on you, is there meekness there to pray for them and bless them? This is a challenge to us, man. This is meekness. This is strength under control. Strength under control. Man. Number three. What will meekness do? Well, meekness will make you able to receive instruction from other people. Exodus chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18. And this is the time where his father-in-law came just to come visit. He came to visit. And he was blessed by what he was seeing as far as how God had delivered the people from the, the hands of the uh, Egyptians. And, and his, father, his, his father-in-law name was, was Jethro. And in the course of that visit, and I'm going to read some of it here. In verse 1, it says, Now Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Moses, took Moses' wife Zipporah, after he had sent her away and her two sons, of whom one was named Gershom, for Moses said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. The other was named Eleazar. For he said, the God of my father was my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness where he was encamped at the Mount of God. He sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and your two sons with her. Then Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and he bowed down and kissed him and they asked each other of their welfare and went into the tent. Moses told his father-in-law all the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardship that had befallen them on the journey and how the Lord had delivered them. And Jethro, he rejoiced over all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel in delivering them from the hand of the Egyptians. I'm going to go down to verse 13. And it came about the next day that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood about Moses from the morning until evening. Now when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge and all the people stand about you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. And when, they have, when they, and when they have a dispute, it comes to me. I and I judge between a man and his neighbor and make known the statutes of God and his laws. Now, here it is. And Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you are doing is not good. You will surely wear out both yourself and these people who are with you. For the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now, listen to me. I will give you counsel and God be with you. You be the people's representative before God and, and you bring the disputes to God. 
Then teach them the statutes and the laws and make known to them the way in which they are to walk and to work and the work that they are to do. Furthermore, you shall select out of all the people able men who fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain, and you shall place these over them as leaders of thousands, of hundreds, and fifties, and tens. And let them judge the people at all times, and let it be that every major dispute they will bring to you, but every minor dispute they themselves will judge. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this thing, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all these people also will go to their place in peace. So Moses listened. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did all that he said. Moses listened. Meekness gives you an attitude that you're not the one. You're not the only one. That I can listen to the advice that will come from others. Moses listened. Moses listened. Moses didn't say, Man, you coming over here trying to tell me how to run stuff? I'm Moses. <laughs> Remember that staff once again? That Red Sea? Remember that? No. Moses listened. He listened to his father-in-law, and that's a feature of meekness. Lastly, and I probably won't be able to finish this, but being meek gives you the right attitude. Once again, that it's not all about you. In Numbers chapter 11, the people, and I'll just run it down, the, the people basically were complaining. They were greedy. They wanted more than what they were getting. They were tired of just eating manna. That God was, God was providing from heaven. They wanted meat. So Moses, he went to God. He was like, man, these people are complaining against me, against you. And I'm, it, basically, he was like, I'm, I'm tired of this. And so God answered them, answered Moses and told him what to do. And the Lord therefore said to Moses, gather for me 70 men from Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and their officers, and bring them to the tent of meeting and have them take their stand there with you. Then I will come down and speak to you there, and I will take away some of the spirit who is upon you and put him upon them. Wow. And what happened? That's what happened. But the men, when the Spirit came upon them, they began to prophesy. They began to prophesy. But something else happened. Two of the men outside of the camp, after this meeting was over, they kept prophesying. Eldad and Medad. And then a young man came and said, hey, these men are prophesying. And then Joshua came to Moses and said, Moses, you got to restrain them. Stop them from prophesying. But Moses said, are you jealous for my sake? If only all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit upon them all. Then Moses returned. Look, Moses knew it wasn't all about him. He was a meek man. He understood that man. He wanted the spirit of God to be upon all of them. It wasn't him he he didn't make it all up this is Aaron Addison's here till next time god bless <laughs>